We're now in the nine days, which are the nine first days of the month of, of Av. The month of Av, which is called Menachem Av. Commonly translated as the comforting father. But really, if that was the sense of the word, it should have been Av Menachem, the father that comforts. But instead, it's called Menachem Av, which really sounds more like the time in which we are to comfort Hashem, our Father. So what are we comforting Him about? How can we comfort Him? Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story. To understand all, all this, we're going to start with a, a part of the Gemara Broches Dav Gimel Amud Aleph. The Gemara first makes a statement. The, the night is split into three, three uh, shifts, three slices, so to speak. And at the beginning of each part of the night, Hashem sits and roars like a, like a lion. And Hashem, roaring as a lion, says, War to the sons that because of their sins, I have destroyed my house and burnt my palace, and I have exiled them amongst foreign nations. The Gemara then uh, continues with a story to support this statement. And the story is that Rabbi says that once I was walking on the road and I came into a, one of the ruins of Yerushalayim because I wanted to daven. Eliyahu came and guarded the gate, waited for me to finish, says Rabbi Yassi. When I finished to daven, he asked me, told me, Shalom Aleichem Rabbi, I answered him, Shalom Aleichem Rabbi Umayri. And then they had a whole a little discussion about why did you go into, why did you go into, uh, into a room to daven, you could daven outside and make it feel like tzoro. But then Elianovi asks him, what did you hear? While you were there davening in this churva, in these runes, what did you hear? So Yossi says, I heard a voice that was growling like a dove. And that voice of a growling dove was saying the same thing. As uh, we mentioned earlier, that Hashem uh, is saying, in a voice of a dove, Woe to the sons who have, because of their sins, I have destroyed my house and burnt my palace and exiled them amongst nations. And then Eliyahu continues and says, and you should know that this is not only now that this voice says that. 
three times a day, there is this voice of the dove who says the same thing. And then he continues and he says, not only that, Every time that the Yidin go into the shul, to the Bes Medrash and say, Yesh Merabo Mevarach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kav Yochol Menanei HaRosh Yovei Oimer, Ashrei HaMelech Shemekal Sinoi Soi Bevei Soi Kach. Hashem says, Happy is the king who gets these praises in his house like this. Umaloi Loav Shehiglo Esbonol Venuv Dekachavim. What is it, what good is it for a father who has exiled his uh, children amongst the nations? And war to the sons who have been exiled from their father's table. So um, we have over here um, a little bit of a variation. In the first statement of the Gemara, we hear that Hashem roars like a lion. In the second say, statement, he growls like a dove. And yet in both statements, the wording was exactly the same. What, what was being said in the sound of a lion or a dove was the same thing, which means that uh, war to the children who uh, have caused, because of their sin, that the Besamekdash should be destroyed and burnt, and they were sent in exile, in Golos. Um, however, the, um, so the difference between the two is that the first statement of the Gemara is saying that this, the lion's voice is three times every night. The dove's voice was three times every day. What is the difference between the two? So, Ben Yoyada explains that the difference is that night is a time of kvuris. Night represents darkness, is a time in which there is no gilui, there is no light, there is no no oiled, meaning there is no gilui. When things are concealed, is because of the kvuris, the tzimtzumim that are concealing the things. So, therefore, night represents kvuris. And arye is also uh, a, a sign of, of, of a gvura, of strength. But not only that, Arya is the same gematria as gvura. On the other hand, so, so, so therefore at night, the voice that is saying this is roaring like a, like a lion. On the other hand, during the day, day is chesed, day is gilui. Chesed has to do with the day. At the time of a, of a day which is chesed, it is the yaina who is uh, saying these words. And the yaina is also associated with chesed simply because yaina is gematria 71, ima is 72, which is the gematria of chesed. So that's an, an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, observation over here. But if we are going to uh, stop and look a little deeper in what's happening... Besides for three times a day, three times a night, that Hashem says that, we have something that Hashem says more every time he hears Amin Yishmei What does he say? So the first sentence that is brought over here is, Asher HaMelech Shemekal Sin Oisoi Bevei Soi Kach. 
Happy is a king who is being praised like, like such in his house, in, in, you know, meaning in the Bes Medrash. So of course in the surface it seems that Hashem is so happy that this is, uh, this is being said. Uh, and yet it continues with pretty much of a same gloomy message. You know, what good is it for the son? So therefore Rashi explains that this first statement, Hashem is actually not happy about the current matzav. Hashem is saying, happy was I in the time of Besamikdosh, Bevesoi, in his house, meaning Besamikdosh. In the time of Besamikdosh, there were constant praises of Hashem. And Hashem's name was constantly being praised. And now, this is only when people are saying, Amen Shmerav and Besmedrash. When Besamikdash was something too constant. So Hashem is obviously not happy. It's not a, an expression of, of happiness and pride. It's more of a nostalgic um, expression. And then it continues with, What good is it for the father? What does he have left? He has exiled his sons. Interesting that the Rashash actually says that the real lotion should be in the same way that he says but because of the Gemara wouldn't say it in such a way. But the real sense is that Hashem is saying woe, which means it is just as bad for the father who has exiled his sons than it is for the children who have been exiled from the, father, from the father's table. By the way, the allusion to the table, why is there a reference to a table over here? Um, why not have been exiled from their house? Just like the house is really the element that was mentioned before. And we're remaining in the context of the Besamikdosh, a house. Why do you saying a table? So the Marshal says that actually in the time of Besamikdosh, the Eden were able to partake in Hashem's table, meaning the Mizbeach. Yidin were able, not only Kayanim, but uh, Yidin who brought certain korbanes in which they had a share, they had a, pi- a piece of it as well, which means that at the time of Besamikdash, the Yidin were able to eat from Hashem's table, so to speak, which means from the Kodeshim. And now that they don't have that, they are losing this privilege as well. And that is why the allusion to a table is being brought when we're talking about Yidin being sent in Golos. So here, from this Gemara, you see how Hashem is mourning the Choban um, constantly, not only during the nine days, not only on Tisha B'av, but three times a day, three times a night, and then he mentions it even more every time he hears Amin Yishmer Some of them first explaining that Amin Yishmer means that and Hashem Shalem, the name of Hashem is not complete until Mashiach will come. So Hashem is, is when he hears Yesh Merabah, this is a tefillah for the Geula as well. And that brings back again that nostalgia to the Besamikdash and that yearning to the Geula in which he actually questions Why did the father do such a thing? So now we could start to understand really what is the concept of Menachem Av. It is a time not only in which we have to um, find comfort in the fact that we are in Golos, but we have to comfort Hashem because Hashem is actually himself uncomfortable in Golos, unhappy in Golos. 
So you may ask, well, so then he has the power to bring an end to this galus. So why is he, why is he just mourning? Why is he wailing or, or uh, growling, roaring, whichever one of the Lishainas that was brought before, whether it is a lion or a dove, Shem is definitely complaining he could bring an end to it. Moreover, if he thought it was such a good thing, then why is he upset about it? So if you recall in the episode 20, that was titled The Guvim's Embrace, we have explained how, Chassidus explains that in fact, even according to the Pshat, the Chuban in itself was an expression of Hashem's love to the Bnei Yisrael. Because really, for the matzav in which they were, he, it would have been justified to actually bring upon destruction. But instead of bringing destruction on his people, he brought the kil chamasai al etzim valavanim. He destroyed the house. He burned his palace. Those are the two leshoines brought over here. This is the idea of Eitzim Va'avanim, that Hashem has destroyed the stones and burned the woods. He had destroyed the Besamikdash instead of putting his anger on us. This in itself was an expression of Hashem's love, that even though we deserved a lot harsher, but he instead diverted his anger, his worth, on Eitzim Va'avanim. So then, why the third thing? Not only destroyed the Samikdash and burnt it, but he has exiled the Bnei Yisrael. So if it was only the expression of love, spare the Bnei Yisrael, so then by destroying the Samikdash, that could have been enough. Where is the expression of love in sending us in Golos and allowing this Golos to last for so long? So the Alter Rebbe explains in the uh, Perkh of Beis, in Egeza Kodesh, he gives a marshal. He says, this is like a marshal of a father who is cleaning up the, the soil, soiling of his son. Because he loves his son so much, he cannot take it that his son has some dirt that is stuck to him. And he takes a lot of scrubbing and he's doing it himself. For, for the love he has for his son, he's doing it himself. Now the son doesn't like it. He's crying, he's screaming, and perhaps it actually hurts him. But the love of the father is so strong that he's not being deterred or swayed by the cries of the son because he knows that this is for the son's benefit. The only thing is, that for sure, that he's not very happy about doing what he has to do. He's also distressed by hearing the son's cries. But he knows that this is what has to be done. And this is Reches Tzoas Benoi. is actually a reference to a Pasuk in Yeshaya. That, uh, that says, Rachatz Hashem Es Tzoyas Benoi that Hashem in himself 
is the one who is cleaning and cleansing the, the dirt of Benoist Sion. And as mentioned, this is not only hurting the son, but is actually hurting the father himself. He is hurt by it to the point in which he says, So then, is there a better way? Could he do the cleansing without the son suffering, without he himself suffering from the... From, from witnessing the suffering of the son. In other words, could we get away without the Golus? Could we get all we need to, to get? Could we get back to Besamikdash without having to go through the Golus? The Ebbe explains that in fact, the Ebishter doesn't want that the Bnei Israel should receive something without the feeling that they have done anything to deserve it or to accomplish it. This is what we call the Nama de Kisufa. This is the kind of uh, bread that is being given in a way in which it is shameful, it is embarrassing because you know we have done nothing for it. So yes, the Ebish is going through that suffering just so when we complete our mission in this Golos. Whatever has to be accomplished in Golos that could only be accomplished because we are in Golos. And because we are spread out, Ben Aumois, like he says, that we actually don't see it right now. Right now we're like this son who's crying because our father is cleaning us up. But later on we'll be able to see all that we have accomplished while we were in Galus. And we are going to be so happy and satisfied of our accomplishment. A lot more than if um, it would have been given to us as a matnas chinam, just like that. So it comes out that to the sun, there is a toyeles. To the sun, there is an advantage. There is something positive that comes out of it. Because afterwards, when the son comes back to his father's table, the father, the son is very happy and proud. But, but to the father, to the father, there is nothing, no good that comes out of it for him. doesn't change anything to him. He's left with that pain that he had, being distressed as seeing his son crying. He doesn't get any benefit of the, it's not going to be Nama de Kisufa, that's only a benefit to the, to, to the child. And that's why the Lushen is, What does the father get out of this? Only grief. And yes, Woe to the children, the suffering. But at the end, there's going to be something positive. But to the father, he only got that negative, um, negative span of time. That he himself, that the Ebishter himself puts himself in Golis with the Eden. And he's going through the suffering and he himself is not going to get any toilets from it. Had he been, if not for the great love that he has for, for us, he would have been thinking about what's better for him. And he would have spared himself for this whole anguish. But even though at the end of the, at the, end of the role, it's only going to be a benefit for us. The Ebishter is going through this because of the love that he has for us. He's going through with this. That's the idea of Menachem Av. That comes a time in which we need to, we need to, um, 
comfort our father, but I'll come back to this in a second. It's an interesting marshal that the Friedrich Rebbe once said. He said that in fact, so, so, so fine, what comes out of all of this is that we are in Galus in order for us to be able to accomplish something on our own and bring about the Gula through our own actions. And with this, because it comes as a result of our effort, there is great value to it. We will appreciate it. And the Giluim will be much greater. So much so that it was worth it for the Ebishter to go through all of this suffering. The Friedrich Rebbe brings a marshal and he says that Baal Shem Tov once says that not only uh, we are like a Ben Yochid by the Ebishter, but it's another marshal. He says, says we're like a, a Edim Afkest by a Reicheshver. We're a son-in-law who's being supported by his rich father-in-law. And the way it was is that if you had a rich father-in-law, you were able to sit and learn Torah a whole day. And you lived in your father's, father-in-law's house and you ate from his food and you did not need to work at all. I, I can relate. So in, in, this, uh, in, in such a matzev, it could be a time in which the father-in-law needs some help. But they had agreed they enter into an agreement before the marriage. Now, I'm not going to be working. I'm not, don't expect me to get involved in your business. I'm going to be sitting and learning Torah the whole time. But yet, there are some time in which the father-in-law would need help. And that son-in-law will go and do whatever it is that the, that the father-in-law needs, uh, is asking him to do. And in that case, even if he does a little bit, even if he has to move, that's Baktanas, just just a little finger to, to move. It is considered comparable to Avedas Parch is a tremendous work for him. Being that he's not used to, he is a Edim of everything is, everything is being served to him. He doesn't need to do anything. Once you ask him to do something, even if it's a little job, that job is something that is tremendous. It's considered as, as a great, great effort, a great accomplishment. So the Philippe says, that's us. Yidin are like this, this, this Edim of by the Reich Eshver. And therefore, yeah, the Ebesh is asking us to do something so it could be earned rather than just given. Anything that Ayid does, the fact that has been sent into this Galus, any mitzvah that, it, that Ayid does is considered a great accomplishment. And this in itself should bring about the Kalukala Kitzim. That's it. The, the end, all the end of uh, the end of Galus should come just in the merit of anything, any little thing that Aid is doing. Now, to go back to this idea of Menachem Av, how are we comforting our father? So we understand the sorrow that is going through, and especially that he's uh, going through this only because of the love that he has for us, and he wants us to end up with a, with a much better end result. So therefore, we have to comfort him. How could we comfort him? How could we comfort Hashem? We are attacking the children. How can we comfort him? So the fact that the word Menachem Av is actually one word, it actually says in the laws of, of relating to shtaris, to, uh, to contracts, that when you're writing a date, 
the date, the word Menachem Av is considered one word. It must be on one line. It cannot be on two lines. Menachem on one line and Av on the next line. You have to fit them in on the same line because it's really one Indian that comes together. So we are told that Menachem Av means that we are the one who are comforting the Eibishter. Where do we get that Koyach? And that could be explained in two ways. The first Pirush, simple, the Pirush Apashat is that the Koyach of the son, the strength of the son is greater than the strength of the father. Meaning that sometimes the son could accomplish more than the father. But there is a second Pirush to it, and they're both connected. And the second Pirush to it is Yafek Koyach Aben. The greatness of the koyach of the son is mikoyach av. Is all coming from the koyach of the father. The strength of the father is what gives that strength to the to the son. The strength of the son originates in the koyach of the father. And being that those two pirushim come together, really, that being that the father gives the koyach, the son ends up with a greater koyach. So now we could understand the union of Menachem Av, being that we are one with the Abishta. So we and the father, Ben Av is all one thing. There is the, the, there is the Av, Higla is Banov, and, and there is the Banim, Shekalum, Arshuchan Aviyem. But we are all one. And our anguish, so to speak, is really linked to one another. And therefore, the Yidin therefore have the Koyach from the Eibishter to be able to bring a Nechama, to bring a comfort to the Eibishter himself. But then, what is it to us? How do you bring the comfort to the Eibishter? So the Eber concludes by saying that in fact, when a Jew hears such a thing, so that's uh, motiva- motivating him very much. On the one hand, he knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself needs a Nechama inside the Golos. That he knows that the Eivishter is in Golos with him. And the Eivishter wants an end to this Golos. So this in itself is kind of a motivation. But on the other hand, he knows that even when he is in the lowest place, even if he is in the depth of Golos, to the point that it says that because of their sins, they are in Golos. And not only because of their sins, they are in Golos, because of their sins, they have schlepped the Eivishter in Golos. But even in such a matzev, you still have the Koyach to be Menachem of, to bring a comfort to the Eivishter. Lenachem esavinu And the reason is, because regardless of our matzev in which we find ourselves, the lowly states of Golos, nonetheless, inside of us, we have the etzem of our father. We have the etzem of the Eivishter with us. And therefore, we have, we have the ability and the koyach to bring a nechama to the Eivishter himself. It's pashut, for it's clear that when he thinks about this, He's serving the Eivishter and he's doing mitzvahs in a completely different way. He's not going to do, when he's doing a mitzvah, he's not thinking about the effort that he takes. Because compared to 
what is yielding compared to the, um, the part that the Abisha is playing in here, it's nothing. And he's not even going to think about making a cheshben, how much am I obligated to do? Alpidin, what is considered a yidru mitzvah, what is the minimum that I could get away with, but no other rabbi. When you are aware that the Eivishter is with you in Golos and is crying three times a day, three, three times a night, and every opportunity mentions it, whoa, that I sent them in Golos, whoa, that they are in Golos. So when you know and you're aware of that, you, you really try to increase one more action and one more action in Inyon Etoiro Mitzvahs, knowing that this action is taking out the Eivishter out of Golos. And like the Rambam says, that we have to consider the world to be on an even scale and this one action, one mitzvah, whether it is machshava, dibur, or maise, will be able to tilt the scale, the kapsichus, and to bring to himself and to the whole entire world, Teshua v'atzolo, taking the yidn of the galus and the iker, bringing a nechama to the Eibishter, Menachem of, and bringing him out of Golos.